Christmas with the Cranks. Now, I want to see, how many of you have seen the movie? All right. It's, um, it's a pretty, pretty good movie. Uh, you've got uh, Luther and Nora Crank are, are the stars of it, and uh, it's Jamie Lee Curtis and uh, uh, Tim uh, Allen are the stars. And uh, basically, they're, they're kind of depressed because their daughter, Blair, has joined the Peace Corps and is going to be in Peru for Christmas. And uh, so she won't be home for Christmas. And uh, the Cranks have always been kind of this uh, Christmas plus family, you know, Christmas on steroids. They, they host the neighborhood uh, Christmas Eve party. The neighborhood has always won the uh, award for the best decorated uh, community in, in, in town and uh, neighborhood in town. And the main reason is that everyone participates in their neighborhood. And uh, the, the Cranks have the famous Frosty, and it kind of becomes the, the center of attention. But the, it starts out with Luther Crank is kind of uh, doing number crunching of what the past Christmas holiday had, had cost them. And he does the figuring and comes up with a little over $6,000. And so he comes up with this great plan. And he decides that what they're going to do this year is skip Christmas. And they're going to go on a cruise instead. And she goes, hey, what do you mean? And he goes, look, we'll save $3,000, you know. And so he kind of puts it to a test. And we're going to watch a a clip from this uh, where he's informing people that uh, he's skipping Christmas. It's kind of a setup for the whole movie. The, the rest of it is these hilarious antics of trying to skip Christmas. He informs his neighbors. Uh, he decides he's not going to decorate at the house. And so the neighborhood starts a campaign against him. And they're, they're going to force him to have to decorate. And so then pretty soon there's picketing going on and the constant phone calls in the middle of the night harassing them and then newspaper coverage and it made for a really cute plot for for a holiday movie and uh, I'll just say this because anytime I talk about a movie you know it's got some language it's got some off-color type things in it but it's a cute movie overall and really what it raised for me was the possibility is it possible to skip Christmas Is it possible? Can we skip Christmas? You know, some of you have already skipped some uh, national holidays this month. December is one of the biggest months that there there are holidays. Did you know, and just raise your hand if you celebrated it, that December the 2nd was National Safety Razor Day? Anybody? (laughs) You know, now I've got uh, 10 to 1 odds that nobody celebrated December the 4th was National Dice Day. You know. December the 5th was uh, Bathtub Party Day. And uh, Pawnbroker Day was the 6th. And if you're a parent or a grandparent, you might want to prepare for this holiday because I think it's going to be huge. And this is a real holiday, and that is National Bar- Barbie and Barney Backlash Day. In other words, it's a day when you get to pretend as a parent that those two things don't exist, you know. And only parents would get what, if you're not a parent, you go, I don't know what the big deal is, but, you know, it's like, I'd like to add wiggles to that as well. But um, December 21st is National Humbug Day. And, 
My guess is that we all missed those holidays, and we'll miss those holidays. But it seems a little crazy to think that you could miss Christmas. And so I thought, well, what are things that make us miss Christmas? And I think it's some of the things that caused people to miss the very first Christmas. Uh, the, the fact is, I, I don't think that people that first Christmas were like, ah, no thanks, I'm just going to skip it, I don't, I don't really care. And I don't think that's true today. I don't think that as we roll into the holidays that any of us intentionally go, you know what, Christmas, eh, take or leave it. But there are some things that trip us up. One of them, and we just come off our series, so it's a little bit redundant, but I think busyness can cause you to miss Christmas. You know, I love the story, uh, the annual nativity story, and uh, everything was going pretty well, and Mary and Joseph, uh, it's a scene where they they knock on the door of the inn, and uh, so they they knock, and uh, the innkeeper comes out and uh, Joseph says, can you give us a room for the night? The little boy, he kind of got caught up in the moment and he got lost in his role and he goes, sure, come on in. It's wide open. We got a place for you. And so all of a sudden they're trying to figure out, oh, now what? He kind of messed the story up. And so Joseph, he, he walks in and he looks around a little bit, kind of shakes his head and then he comes back and he goes, come on, Mary, we're not staying in this dump. We'll go out back and stay in the stable instead, you know. And I think, what was it like that first Christmas? Let me ask you something. What was the name of the innkeeper? Anybody? You remember? Would you be surprised to know that there's not an innkeeper mentioned? in the Christmas story. The fact is, there's only one reference, that's Luke 2, 7, and it says, and she brought forth her firstborn and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. I wonder, how did Mary and Joseph find out there wasn't room in the inn? Did the innkeeper tell them? I don't know. I mean, I, I've thought about this. Was, was the innkeeper even on duty that night? You know, maybe the innkeeper was absorbed in his work. I mean, we know from history that this would have been a really uh, busy time of the year. My guess is this guy's making money hand over fist, and, and he, he's enjoying the, the profit. Uh, we know that Caesar had, had called for a census that required everyone to return to their hometown, and so... We've got thousands of people rolling into this little town of Bethlehem. And so the inns were full. And what we know is there wasn't room for them. We don't know why. We just know there wasn't any room, that they didn't have a room that they could rent. You know, I think it's possible that the innkeeper just put up a sign and maybe refused to answer the door. You know, maybe, maybe he was in Jerusalem at the mall, you know, shopping, trying to get Hanukkah gifts and that kind of thing, and maybe he wasn't around. You know, I don't know. I thought, was the innkeeper uh, sympathetic when they came to the door? He might have been. Or, or maybe, maybe he wasn't. Maybe he was uncaring. He's like, eh, you're on your own. Too bad. But what we know is there was no room in the inn for them. 
You know, I was thinking about it. It's really easy to get busy, isn't it? I mean, this time of the year, sending cards, you know, assembling trees, stringing lights, putting out the ornaments, checking your list, checking it twice, buying presents, wrapping gifts, tending parties, baking cookies, preparing food, going here, going there, You're going, going so fast we're not sure which way is up. I mean, have you ever caught yourself in the midst of Christmas thinking, we just got to survive, just got to get by? You see, I think it's really easy to miss Christmas. You know, I think our, our society is geared that way. You know, I, I, I wondered how many of you, if you had been the innkeeper and you could have fast-forwarded and looked to, to the future, how many of you would have asked someone else to leave the inn so that Mary and Joseph could have had a place? You know, be like, look around and go, eh, I didn't really like you anyway. You know, your room, we're going to have to give it out. Sorry, we got this nice young couple, and I think there's going to be a lot of history written, and so we're going to give them your room. You know, I mean, I wonder, I wonder if he understood. And I'm making an assumption. Maybe it was a she. You know, maybe it was the first hotel heiress. Um, but, you know, I, I think that in our lives that sometimes you've got to remove something to allow Jesus to have a place. You know, what is it? Here's my question. What is it that needs to go in your life this month so you got room for Jesus in your life. I think we can get too busy sometimes when we miss Christmas. I also think that our expectations can make us miss Christmas. I mean, does anyone let stuff get in your way? You know, I think one of the reasons that the holidays are, are so tense is there are all these unspoken expectations. You know, they, to find the perfect gift for the perfect price. That's the cheapskate in me coming out, you know. Want that perfect gift for the perfect price. You know, I, I want that perfect meal with a perfect family. And I think, well, good luck with that one, you know. And here's, here's just my thought. We want this perfect Christmas. We, we get this mentality, and I think it's a setup. Because Christmas, friends, is anything but perfect. In fact, it's about being imperfect. You know, it's an imperfect world, imperfect people, and God addresses it in a perfect way. I mean, what are you expecting this Christmas? What are you looking for? What are you, what are you hoping for? What are you preparing for? Or let's get a little more pointed. Are you looking for Jesus this Christmas? You know, I wonder, I wonder what the people that first Christmas were looking for. Because we know most missed it. I mean, the wise men, we, we talk about them a lot. They traveled to Jerusalem. It was an epicenter of religion then. It still is today. And Scripture says in Matthew 2, it says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who was born King of the Jews? 
they ask Herod, where's this Messiah, this, this king? It's supposed to be the king of the Jews. They, they wanted to know. They wanted to worship him. And I, I find it interesting, Herod's clueless. And he's not really concerned about anything but himself. He's concerned about his kingdom, and later he's going to take and uh, do some things to kind of protect his, his domain. But because he was a little insecure, he had some ulterior motives, he's like, oh, I don't know, what about this king? Let's find out. And so he calls religious leaders in, and the religious leaders get together, the, the scribes and the Pharisees, and they're questioning. And what I find interesting as I think about history is that for, for the Jewish leaders of that day, they had been waiting for the Messiah for thousands of years. Think about this, thousands of years. And so they're deliberating about, well, where would this king come from? And they come up with an answer. They come back, Micah 5, 2, they say, Jesus will be born in Bethlehem. And so Herod relays the information, and the Magi head there. And what blows my mind every time I read this story and I think about it is that not one religious person is recorded as having been at the first Christmas. That's curious. Sad. Not one shows up. They're five miles. I've been to, been to Bethlehem. It's a quaint little town just outside Jerusalem. But nobody, a five-mile journey to see what might have been the most significant thing in history? To check it out, maybe? Is it possible? No, they're into the info, they're into knowing, they're into ritualism, they're into religion, but they miss that moment. I wonder why. Well, I think it was expectations. I think they expected something else, not a baby in a manger. You know, I think they expected a, a strong military leader. You know, I think that possibly they had their own design like, well, this is the kind of savior we want this is the kind of leader we want so we'll just wait for that maybe they thought god would just bring the world to a standstill and demand and make everyone bow a knee i don't know but the more important question is what are you looking for this christmas what are your expectations are you are you looking for jesus I mean, I know people all the time, especially this time of the year, they'll, they'll say things like, well, I, I know the Bible. You know, I read the Bible. I've read the Christmas story. It's a cool story. I go, I go to church, especially at Christmas. And you know what I want to say? Fine and dandy. But do you know Jesus? Because I, I think it's easy to miss Christmas. You know, what are you expecting this Christmas? What is it you're looking for? You know, I think uh, disappointments will make you miss Christmas. You know, things don't turn out like you, you planned. You know, I don't think that first Christmas was what Mary and Joseph had planned. I just don't. I mean, I, I think they got engaged. I, I, my guess is they were probably excited. It, it's, it's the first time in their life their families are, are celebrating. Things are going fine. They're preparing for a wedding. And then things get complicated. Mary has a visit from an angel. Hey, Mary, 
a baby. I don't think she planned it. And to be honest, uh, pregnancy outside of marriage in that day been brutal. Now she got to go tell Joseph. And I, all the years I've read this story, and every time I can't really get my mind around that conversation. Can you imagine? You know, Mary has an angel visitor. Hey, you're pregnant. And she's got to go tell Joseph. I think she loved Joseph. I, I get a sense of, of that connection. And, and we know from Scripture, I mean, we don't know what was said, but what we know is that initially that conversation didn't fly. You know, my grandpa used to say that dog didn't hunt. You know, it just, it didn't work. And so I sense he must have loved her because he really had a couple options. And not that it was right, but in that day and age, he could have either had her stoned to death or he could just walk away quietly. And he chose to walk away quietly to dismiss her privately because I think he loved her, but he couldn't come to terms with it. But God had another plan. God had another plan, and God sends an angel to Joseph. Scripture says in verse 24, it says, When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord commanded him to do, and he took Mary home as his wife. Talk about a rocky start. Can Can you imagine the family pressure at this point? You know, Joseph, can you see him talking to his parents? Look, you know, she's going to have a baby, but she hasn't been with anybody. And, I mean, I, I, can you imagine? It's like, what are you thinking about, Joseph? Are you crazy? I mean, the questions, the innuendos, the jokes, the community's buzzing about this, trust me. And people weren't buying the story. I mean, we got, we've got a Hollywood scandal on our hands. I'm figuring that the Jerusalem Enquirer was covering the story. You know, miraculous baby born, you know, possible alien, you know, this, this kind of stuff. I mean, and they weren't too far off. It's not what they planned. And if that's not enough, she's nine months pregnant, finds out that she's got to travel and go to another town. And after making this miserable journey, you ever been around someone that's nine months pregnant? It's a miserable journey, trust me. They get there and there's no room for them. They end up in a stable out back. And I think, you know, if Mary and Joseph were not focused on God, this story could have been totally different. We might not be standing here today, folks. You know... Little things can make you miss Christmas. I mean, this is almost going to sound silly as I, as I say it, but little things mess up people's Christmas. Like, couldn't get the right ham we wanted. We wanted this kind of ham, and they didn't have it. And, and we let this stuff get to us. We get all, all twisted because someone's not going to be able to make the particular time that we're going to have dinner this year. You know, preparations don't go well. You know, it's not the courier and Ives Christmas that we had planned. And so we get all upset and it gets us all turned around. You know, and I, I want to say this as politely as I can. Attention, attention. You are not magically Martha Stewart when it comes Christmas. You're just not. 
And it's okay. You know, a little heads up. Lights burn out. Ornaments get broke. You may not find the perfect gift, and I can almost guarantee you, you will not get a perfect gift. And it will not be a perfect dinner. Pies get burned. Stuffing's too dry. And get this, even if you can pull off the perfect dinner, somebody in your family will mess it up. (laughs) They'll be late. They'll get sick. Imagine that. They'll say something that they shouldn't. Someone won't make it. Or someone you wish wouldn't make it makes it. (laughs) Okay? You were thinking it. I just said it. (laughs) And I know as I'm saying some of that, some of you are going... Oh, come on, Damon. That's just, that's just silly. You're exaggerating it. Come on. Let's, let's get real here. Think about this. How many, if we're honest, let's be honest here, how many of those kind of things create tension? How many of those kind of things steal a moment of, of peace, uh, create some relational conflict, uh, that cause some hurt feelings. It's, it's minor stuff, granted. But at the time, some of that stuff gets really serious. It just wasn't what you planned. And then you got major stuff. And that'll make you miss Christmas. And I'll just say something about when you, when you really take a look at the major things, it gives perspective to this little stuff that we're talking about. You know, because what I know this year is for some, this has been a a tough year. Financial stress and strain. People lost jobs. I know people have lost their homes. I know people that are dealing with serious illnesses this year. I know individuals that relationships went south and for the first time in years, they're not going to have their family around them. And I know people that have lost loved ones this Christmas. To be honest, they don't know how they're even going to face this Christmas. And friends, what I know is this Christmas is going to be a challenge. And what I want to say is don't miss Christmas because you need Jesus Christ more than ever. You know, several years ago, um, my grandma passed away. And... um, I had her funeral on uh, Christmas Eve morning. And uh, that evening, I had six Christmas Eve services to to speak at. And um, I remember rolling into the church uh, for the first service. And I'll just be blunt. My mentality at that point was just get through this. And so I kind of took that stance. um, It was like hold it together help other people, but just get through it. And friends, it wasn't until the last service I decided, you know what? I'm just going to let down my guard. I keep my guard up pretty well. And it was like, I'm just going to let down my guard. And I rolled into that service and I just said, okay, God, it's yours. I'm yours for this service. And you guess what? 
probably one of the most memorable Christmases for me because when I gave God that opportunity, God showed up. God always shows up when you give Him that opportunity in your life. Who didn't miss that first Christmas? Well, I find it interesting. There's a group of shepherds. They're out in their field, minding their own business. They didn't miss the first Christmas. You know, Scripture says, Luke 2, in that region there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. You know, they, they're just doing their own thing. And I think that is exactly why they experienced the first Christmas because they were out there, they were open, they were listening, they were willing to be responsive to God. You know, the psalmist uh, says that a, a person's busy rushing ends in nothing. You know, again, anybody busy? Anybody busy with parties and shopping and travel and preparing and getting ready? And here's what I know is the evil one wants to get us so busy that we miss Christmas. Wants to get us so busy that not only do we miss Christmas, but we get so involved in making a living, you know, putting ends together, that we forget to have a life. The shepherds weren't busy. They weren't running here and there. And I think when we're still, when we when we just take a breath for a moment, that God says, you know what, I can get your attention then. The tragedy is we don't put ourselves there very often. I wonder how many times God calls and we're just not there. You know, thanks for calling. I'm unavailable at the moment. Please leave your name, your number. I'll get back to you, maybe. Please leave a message. How many times God call? And we're just so busy. I challenge you, I challenge you to just build in some time for God this Christmas. A little homework here. Just take 30 minutes this week sometime. Turn TV off. Take the MP3 player out. Turn the computer off. And just get one-on-one with God. Maybe look to the heavens like the shepherds and just just take a spiritual inventory. You know, tell God where, where you're at. Tell God what you're feeling. And just look at the past a little bit. You know, and say, you know, God, what do you want to say to me this Christmas? You know, in light of, of Christmas, what do, you, what do you want me to do in 2008? And here's what I know. I, I can promise you, if you give God just a moment that he'll reveal himself to you. He'll, he'll begin to help you with some of the things you're repressing or he'll help you talk about some of the things you want to stay away from because that's how God works. If you just ask him to get involved in your Christmas. Mary, Mary and Joseph, they, they didn't miss that first Christmas. I mean, they could have. Could have gotten all confused and in all the chaos. Uh, could, have, could have let anger and frustration get the best of them. They could have ran away. I mean, and trashed the relationship. They could have broken from God's plan, but they didn't. They just let God guide them. You know, I think Luke's trying to let us in 
to, to get an up-close look at what was going on in, in Mary's head. It says, Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart, all the things she had heard and seen as the angel spoke to her. And I think what he was saying was, Mary, Mary trusted God to see her through. Mary trusted God's promises. That Mary didn't fully grasp the significance of what she was a part of. But Mary was open to the possibility that she kept her eyes on God. You know, sometimes I don't think we know what we're looking for. And that's okay. You may not know this Christmas what you're looking for. But friends, you've got to know who you're looking to. It makes all the difference when you understand. I don't have to understand everything. I don't have to get it. But I have to know that my Creator totally gets what's going on. Magi. Magi, uh, probably from India, China. Um, I'm going to really upset the story a little bit, but the reality is Scripture doesn't tell us that there were three Magi or wise men. Uh, In fact, most historians believe there could have been as many as 50. These weren't religious men. They, They... they hadn't been sitting around waiting for a Messiah. They started their journey on Christmas Eve, probably, when the star first showed. But most scholars believe it took them two years to get there. And so they're there after Jesus had been born. Mary and Joseph apparently decided to set up camp and move to Bethlehem. I don't know why. I don't really understand it history doesn't tell us except that they were in a home in bethlehem and this is two years later can can you imagine traveling for two years think about this two years traveling to worship someone that you're not even sure why you're not even sure you get it they don't have any preconceived notions they had never read the old testament apparently They were just seeking what their hearts told them they needed to be seeking, and that was Jesus. You know, I see this sign once in a while. It goes, wise men still seek him. And I think it's true. It makes me really sad when I talk with people or I meet people that aren't open to the possibility. You know, the fact that that God will reveal himself if you just open yourself up, if you just are diligent and and seek him honestly and and up front and and pursue him. You know, answer questions like, what am I doing here? You know, what are are you doing here today? Why are we alive? You know, why why are billions of people going to celebrate Christmas? You know, I, I... I've never seen Jesus. I've never touched him. But you know what? I've seen what he did in my life. And I've seen what, he, what he's done in thousands of other people's lives. And here's what I believe. If you seek, you'll find. Scripture promises. You seek something, you'll find it. You seek this Christmas, you will find. You may not know what it is you're looking for may not know what it is that's going to fill that hole in your heart. You, don't, you may not know what, what the gap is, but if you seek, God says you'll find God reveals himself. 
he did to the Magi, a star, Matthew 2, says, we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. You know, God uses all kinds of things to guide us. You know, God may be using someone in your life right now to help you find Christmas, to help you connect with just might be a neighbor, might be a friend, might be someone that, that you hardly know. Maybe something you heard on the radio, maybe something you heard this morning as the band was playing, maybe as you were out in the hall, maybe, maybe as I'm talking, that, that God's saying, you know, this can be a guide for you. But here's what I know is if, if you are open this Christmas, God will bring you to the manger. You know, I, I guess with everything in me, I want to just say, find the Savior this Christmas. Just take steps. I encourage you, take steps to, to find him. And it says, after coming into the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary. And they bowed down and they worshipped him. Then opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. Friends, when you encounter the Savior of the universe, you encounter the manger. It changes you. You never think the same. The the fact is, when you find Jesus, you can't miss Christmas. Because it changes the season changes your life. And I guess most of all, I want to say, don't miss it this year. Now, Christmas is a stressful time. Yes? True? I mean, let, let's just gut check here. It is a stress, stressful time. Expectations are high. Demands are unrelenting. The, the pressures can build. So just real quick, I'm going to blast through this. Plan ahead. Plan ahead. You know, don't plan more than you can do. In fact, turn to your neighbor and say, we are not going to do more than we can do this Christmas. Go ahead. It's almost painful to say that, isn't it? Don't do more than you can do this Christmas. Here's another one. Don't spend too much this Christmas. You know, sometimes I get to see the faces of people about mid-January when the credit card bills and all that roll in. It's like, what were you thinking? And I want to say, yeah, what were you thinking? You know, don't spend too much. It's not what it's about. You know, set time aside for God. Set time aside for God. If you don't set it aside, it's not going to happen. And remember this. Spending time with your friends and family are more important than time schedules, than dinners, than stuff. You know, remember, you've got to remember that as you're moving along. You know, you've got to remember not everything's going to go the way you planned. Lines are going to be long. You may not find the perfect gift. And trust me, you will not get the perfect gift. You will get another one of those ugly sweaters or ties or whatever... And it's okay. Something's going to get broke. Something's going to get spilled. You know, in fact, you want to liven up your holiday, 
just go in and before the dinner, spill something. Just go, hey, there, it's out of the way. You know, it's over. That'll liven things up. And remember, if you look for God, He always shows up in the chaos. He always shows up in the problems. He always shows up in the hustle and the bustle and the pain and the fear and the frustrations. And don't set yourself up with expectations. I challenge you to raise the bar this Christmas. And here's how you do it. Accept people, family, accept things and situations for what they are. And things may not be exactly like you want. But guess what? God will show up just the same. Deciding to skip Christmas makes for a great Hollywood movie. But I wouldn't suggest you try it this year. Do whatever you got to do to just make that connection. All right? Let's stand for a word of prayer together. Our holy God, this time of the year gets kind of crazy. God, I just pray that um, we'd take it down a notch, that uh, we'd slow down, take a breath. Now, we're real good about saying, remember the reason for the season, but God, I pray you would embed that in our hearts and our minds, that we'd all pause. Quit majoring in the minor stuff. God, I know there are those that um, these holidays are not even sure there's anything very festive about it. God, I pray your spirit would pull alongside them that um, those moments of hurt or brokenness or lostness that they'd encounter you. God, I pray that um, all of us would pause for a moment and look around us, look around our world and see those that just need a brother or sister alongside. God, I pray that uh, as families gather and get together, that we'd laugh over the blown out lights or the burned turkey or whatever it is. And we just remember what it's all about. It's in Christ's holy name we pray. Amen.